A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Hopefully, your Saturday is off to a great start. I know it's early. But you can still get off to a great start. Hopefully, you're sitting there with a cup of coffee. Maybe it's iced coffee because of the heat wave that we're dealing with. But whatever, I hope it's caffeine of some sort so that you can be pumped and ready for all the cool stuff that we're going to talk about today. See, Betsy, as you can tell, is not here right now. She is still recovering from that surgery that she had back on June 18. We knew that she'd be gone for an extended period of time. And I did want to let you know, I spoke with her earlier in the week, and she is recovering. It's a very slow recovery process. The surgery is, was, was apparently every bit as bad as they billed it as. They told her it was going to be a big major surgery and that the recovery was going to be extensive. She was kind of hoping that they had overplayed that or exaggerated a bit. And it turns out they had not. They represented it quite accurately. And she's just working through the process. So it's going to be a little bit of time. And I'm sure she'd appreciate any prayers that you have to offer on her behalf. But eventually she'll get back here and she'll be back behind the mic and bringing balance to the show. Just like Anakin Skywalker was going to bring balance to the force, Betsy will bring balance to the show. But that is not to say she is going to turn out to be a Darth Vader in the end and be the galaxy's greatest villain. That's definitely not what I'm saying, but you never know. We're going to have to just play that one out. Anyway, heat waves. That's what we're in the middle of right now. And I thought I would like to start the show by talking about that because I wanted to dig into the whole idea of heat waves and figure out there's got to be some famous heat waves in history, right? Well, there are, and they've got some great names. In fact, let me just retract that. There's one that has a great name. I loved it right off the bat. It was London's Great Stink of 1858. Now, when I heard that, when I saw that title, the first thing I thought is, okay, that's really some smart blogger's title that he gave to the heat wave. So I Googled Great Stink of 1858. Turns out that's literally the the, the name that it, it, it is known as. So the Great Stink of 1858, what do you think caused the Great Stink of 1858? I would bet that you would think what I thought, and it was some sort of body odor issue. Turns out that's not the case. At least not the way you're thinking. It was basically a combination of high temperatures, of course, and improper sewage treatment. It's early on a Saturday, so we're going to leave it right there. But really, those two things combined to turn the River Thames into a bubbling vat of filth. The stink was so bad, in fact, that sheets soaked in chloride lime were hung from the windows of the House of Commons so the politicians could just keep politicking and doing their thing. Now, the good thing that came out of this is that in the end, London developed a much better sewage treatment system. So, and directly because of this, they developed that system. So good things came from that. I don't know if anything great is coming out of this heat wave for me, but I did want to talk about something that maybe can prevent something bad from happening to you if you're working on any outdoor projects, because a lot of us have jumped into outdoor projects, and now this heat wave hits, and it leaves us wondering... What should we be doing and what shouldn't we be doing when it comes to paint in temperatures like this? So here are just a few quick you know, rules of thumb to keep in mind. 
Now, first off, generally, you would try to not paint with water-based paints in temperatures above 85 degrees. When you paint in temperatures that are too high, the paint can dry too fast, and that can lead to premature paint failure down the road. And also, it's just really difficult to work with. And it's important to understand that when we talk about 85 degrees, we're not just talking about the air temperature. We're talking about the surface temperature as well. So even if the day starts to cool down, but that surface is 85 degrees or hotter, you're still going to have all of these issues. So you definitely want to be careful about that. You want to choose a day with cooler temperatures and honestly, little to no wind if you can, or at least choose a part of the day where there's little to no wind, because the wind also can affect the paint and make it dry too quickly. High humidity and low humidity can cause issues as well. So ideally, you would work in a window that's maybe 40 to 70% humidity. That's a ideal window to work in. You'd want to work in the shade when possible. You know, that's better for you and it's better for the paint. So start in the shade on an early morning and work your way around the house that way if you have to continue to work outside in the midst of these high temperatures. Now, one other thing before we wrap up this segment involves decks because a lot of folks are involved are right in the middle of a deck project and water-based deck stains are very popular right now. But one of the big issues that we run into almost every year is using a water-based deck stain on a deck or in temperatures that are way too hot. The problem is it can't penetrate into the wood. It dries too fast on the surface. Stain gets its durability by penetrating into the wood And if it can't do that, if it dries too fast, it lays on the surface and it will peel and you'll have all kinds of problems. We see it every year. So we would recommend for sure working in cooler temperatures when it comes to a water-based stain on a deck. And even more so, we'd love to see you use an oil-based deck stain instead. Repcolite has Port City's Deck and Dock. It's a great product and it's not going to give you that failure. It's still going to penetrate into the wood. But Either way, before you jump into any of these exterior projects right now in the midst of this heat wave, at least check with somebody at RepcoLite to make sure that you've got all your questions covered and you proceed in the right manner. Now, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about roof warranties with Sheriff Goslin Roofing. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. And we're going to talk about warranties because warranties are extremely hard for me to get my brain around warranties and mm-hmm. guarantees because it always feels like there's a loophole. It well, always seems too good to be well, true. Well, let's face it. So many products today have a lifetime guarantee stamped on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we always, in the back of our minds, somehow we convince ourselves that that is our lifetime. So if I live to be 130, it's going to last for 130 years, right? Oh, my gosh. If you live that long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, as hypothetically, as... <laughs> that's what we think in our minds. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about warranties and guarantees in regards regards to roofing Mm -hmm. and things like that. So we're in the studio with Matt Williams and Jake Harmon from Sheriff Goslin Roofing. And we're going to talk about that, guys. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank All right. You. So the warranty on my roof. You know, I look at the, let's just start with that. I look at shingles and it'll give me all these years and, and, mm-hmm. and all these promises. 
Mm-hmm. What does that literally mean? I mean, what am I getting? What should I look for? What do I need to be aware of? A couple of things when it comes to the warranties is there's actually two that you need to be aware of. There is a difference between a guarantee of workmanship mm-hmm. and a manufacturer's warranty on their product. With those being separate, they're, they're not the same in one. A lot of people try to tie that in, and okay, and they'll cross them up. The best thing to do is to have the paperwork and to make sure that it's filled out. Um, when it comes to a warranty, read the packaging, mm-hmm. read the manufacturer's website, know what's there. The person in front of you, the selling, may not always know what's there, or they may say, "Hey, this is a line that we give, and this is how we do it, and this is how we explain it." But it's always going to come down to can it be filled is going to be based on what the manufacturer says. You go on their websites; they're required by law to have all the information there. It takes some digging. If you can't sleep at night, feel free for some light, easy reading. (laughs) (laughs) To put you back to sleep. (laughs) Um, But essentially, most warranties function this way. There is a portion of proration and Mm non-proration. So it starts out saying, hey, this is a product that's going to be free from manufacturer's defects. If it is defective, we're going to cover the warranty. We're going to fill the warranty that's on it. Um, Then it gets to a proration period after a certain amount of time that says, okay, it's going to prorate X percentage over this course of time until this point that if there's manufacturer defect after that, then you're going to this percentage of the proration. Um, Most of those are based on uh, when it was purchased and understanding like everything else in life as you purchase it, prices go up. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a little bit of natural depreciation in that. Um, The other thing is, is that a lifetime doesn't mean your lifetime. It doesn't mean my lifetime. What it means is the lifetime of the product. If you go look at any of the big box stores, you're going to see all these different manufacturer shingles and brands and everything. And if you read them, they all say lifetime warranty. Right. And it sounds so good and amazing. Old and this is I'm never going to. Betsy can live till she's 130. Can you imagine (laughs) what that would be like? Jury's out on that. (laughs) So so when you look at it, you want to know, and that packaging will actually tell you, or it'll give you the website to go to. And all you have to do is just read down through that and go, okay, what does lifetime mean? Does lifetime mean my lifetime? No, it means the lifetime of the shingle. And if the lifetime of the shingle says it's a 15-year shingle, and that's what the warranty is good for. If the lifetime says, hey, it's a 25-year or a 30-year or a 50-year or whatever, it's going to denote what that lifetime is. But it's not necessarily telling me that if I buy a 50-year shingle Mm -hmm. and on year 40 it fails... Does that mean I get a complete redo, or now we're talking about the proration part now? And that's exactly what it doesn't tell you, because failing could mean that it wore out. Uh, Failing could mean there's a manufacturer defect. The other thing to consider is is that Michigan is an extreme state. Mm -hmm. So if you read through your warranties, just like your car warranty, Mm -hmm. okay, it says, hey, change the oil this often in in normal conditions. Well, none of us drive inside of laboratory every day with, you know, those aren't normal conditions, but that's what their baseline of normal is. Being in an extreme state, there's going to be some further wear and tear on that, you know, shingles on those roofs. And so what you want to make sure is, where am I? What can I actually expect from that? And how does that get filled? So if you have a shingle that says, hey, I am... I am warrantied for 30 years, and the first 15 of that is non-prorated, meaning they would give you a full fill on that warranty. 
Okay, the next 15, there's going to be X percentage. If you're in an extreme state, it will have a different set of rules that go with it for that. And those so it takes some digging, it asking does the take questions a little bit of digging. and digging if the answer doesn't seem to jive. And, and a lot because of people, is, like you said, might not yeah. be aware either. They, they might not know right. when they give you an um, answer. And, and one of the things my my dad always told me, my grandpa always told me, hey, if it sounds too good to be true, it's <laughs> high likelihood. <laughs> you know, and, and those are kind of big things when you look at it, go, okay, you know, what does common sense play in here? And part of that is being able to fact check a little bit. Do they have material with them? Do they have literature? Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a computer. Mm-hmm. Google it. Yep. Google it while they're sitting there. You know, I mean, that's that's how you know a little bit. How, how do you explain that? The other side of warranty is guarantee. Mm-hmm. So the state of Michigan is going to require every contractor, roofing or otherwise, to put a guarantee of workmanship on the work that they do. Okay, If I installed it right, if I didn't install it right, if I forgot to put something up there, if I put something extra up there, the state of Michigan says, look, if you're going to do business here and you're going to be licensed by us, you're going to have to guarantee your work. That guarantee has to be filled. We have seen cases where people have, you know, sought legal action after that and won the case because they didn't fill that, but it has to be maintained in guilt. Um, the one year period is something that most companies will do. You will see companies that'll do a three year, a five year, a 10 year. They're out there and you want to know that. The difficult part of that is, is that if you look up the Department of Consumer Affairs, you're going to notice that they say most construction contractors, not just roofers, but most construction contractor businesses fail in the first three years. Once they're gone, they're gone. They, they can't fill workmanship on something mm-hmm. gotcha. if they're not right. in business. Um, so those are things to make sure that you consider when you're purchasing. Hey, maybe I paid $500 more for this, but I know that company is going to be there mm-hmm. <laughs> to fill it if I have an issue. Okay, Where then becomes the price. Price is attached to something that has value in it. Right. Okay, There are times I look at it, and guess what? I don't pay top dollar for a clunker off a of Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Some of us do. <laughs> and does. Some of us even buy that clunker in the dark. <laughs> We've discussed no, that before. Bad deal. That was bad a deal. bad move. <laughs> I bought a van in the dark underneath the... A big farm light, and I got home. And you were not the brightest <laughs> bulb in the box. That's the awesome. Next morning, I went outside. It's green. <laughs> oh, this might not it's be all good. Up. It has holes in the upholstery. So right. some of us do make the mistake, but not everybody sure. does. Well, and that's kind of why we're having a discussion here. You know what? Think about these things. Put these into your calculation process. Obviously, everybody's different, and so mm-hmm. different things have value and different things have worth to them. And you want to make sure you're doing something that fits the style of life that you live for the period that you can. You don't want to go ahead and buy something and go, hey, we need this roof to last us forever because we're going to go in retirement in this home and buy a 10-year roof when you're still 15 years from retirement. Mm -hmm. Like, Buy the right size. Know what the warranties are going to do. Know what the guarantees are going to do. Does the guarantee mean if something's wrong, I'll come out and fix it? Does the guarantee mean I will service this for you every year free of charge? It runs the whole gamut. Um, does the guarantee mean I put something down on paper and hope you don't call me because then you're going to have to take me all the way to court to go get something done? It can be anything in between there. You have to do a little discovery as the buyer as to what that actually means and what's included with that guarantee, also with the warranty. Um, the fill on the warranty, 
Mm-hmm. We talk about that aspect of it, and we're very deliberate about saying fill the warranty. And the reason being is this: if there's a set of shingles and they come up and they have a manufacturer's defect, what is the manufacturer going to cover? What do they see as warrantable? Do they drive into your driveway, set down a pallet of shingles, and say, "There is your warranty," and drive off? And you're going, "Hey, fantastic! My roof's still leaking," <laughs> you know? Right. Or do they say, "Hey, we're going to fill this. We're going to cover all the other components. We're going to cover the labor. We're going to haul away the debris." Like nobody thinks about that. That's a lot of stuff up on your right. roof. Mm-hmm. People don't think about. If it's all up there, who's going to take it down? Right. What's it going to cost me? Hey, I'm going into retirement. My back's not going to do a roof this year. You know, what is that? Is there more? damage if if that causes damage is there liability insurance that covers a portion of that those are the things that you really want to explore that you really want to look into and say what am i actually getting in the warranty what am i actually paying for and we can dig into that find it online absolutely talk to reputable dealers right and then fact check i'm supposing is probably the smartest thing to do it is it is um i've sat with customers before and go well and they look a little hesitant and i go hey why don't you go ahead? Let's look it up on the website. You use your phone. You use your computer. Let's check a couple of these websites out. I clearly didn't write that stuff. I'm not that smart. <laughs> but this this is the stuff that's up there. And I'll encourage people to fact check. If you start fact checking somebody on Google and they get real hesitant, maybe that's not the mm-hmm. person you want to do business with. Makes yeah. sense. Matt, if our listeners, I'm going to let you say something. Okay. Did you want to say more things? Well, when you have someone out to kind of look at, especially something like a roof like that, they should be up handing you up front what their warranty is with all the nitty-gritty paperwork, and they should know what it says. Mm. You know, how many times have you looked at that big piece of paper and actually read through it? Uh, I will go line by line with it with a customer so they fully understand what they're getting. Right. Um, And some warranties require additional inspections. Some warranties don't. Some warranties require in 15 years from now, you call us on this third Tuesday in April to have us look at it. The one that we carry, everything is included. We take care of all the work anything comes up, you have someone to call, someone to rely on. And if our listeners do want to get in touch with you guys and maybe just ask you a few more questions about some of this, how's the best way for them to get in touch, Matt? Our best number to reach us at is 231-798-7783. Or you can visit us at our website that will have all the information as well as our warranties and our guarantees at SheriffGoslinMuskegon.com. And Sheriff does have two R's and two Fs. Two R's and two Fs. Mm -hmm. Well, Betsy, you got another 100 years to go or so before you're in a check out of this life. Slightly less. But Matt and Jake only have a few more seconds. Right. Not for the life. Just for the show. Yeah, Jake Pale. I don't don't have that power. If I did, I wouldn't exercise it. Jake and Matt, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks thanks for for having us. us. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about the WD-40 of cleaners. And really, it's hard to get excited about a cleaner, but this one is really cool, and it has so many different uses. You're going to want to stick around for this. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. 
on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And before we get to this segment, I want to just let you know this was recorded right before COVID really reared its ugly head. So we could see it overseas and we knew a little bit that something was going on. But Betsy and I recorded this before it hit here and before lockdowns and before all of that. So if you wonder why we don't reference it more in the segment, that's why. Well, Betsy, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember these things when you were little. Okay. I don't know if they were around as much when you were little. But when I was little, Mm -hmm. I lived for summer vacation, of course. Yeah. Every kid does. Uh But we would watch. We had a sequence of shows that we watched. Yeah, it would yeah. start with, I forget what the first game show was, but the big one, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the yeah. show that we built everything, our whole afternoon around, right. or our morning around, was yeah. The Price is Right. Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. Bob Barker, yep. The Price is Right. Right. And then after that, shortly after that, there mm-hmm. would be um, I Love Lucy, Dream, okay. I Dream of Jeannie, yep. you know, Leave it to Beaver, all those little black and white mm-hmm. shows from yeah. the 50s right. that we would watch on another channel. Mm-hmm. In between, yeah. The Price is Right and in the golden the golden land of you know leave it to beaver and all of that there were infomercials <laughs> oh yes do you remember those yes they still have them occasionally but now they're like really out there well they're out there and then the crowd claps and they're all uh-huh. so happy to be there yeah. and they're selling knives that can cut through cement blocks and still yeah. slice your tomatoes uh-huh. and you know the vacuum cleaners that do amazing things yes they suck up a bowling ball do you remember that one where yes. they hold up a bowling ball yes yeah. mm-hmm. yes so infomercials yes that's what we're trying not to do with this segment right <laughs> long way to get there yeah but we're going to talk about a product and i'm very nervous that it's going to come off that way it, so we've we removed the studio audience so we don't have the cheering and the yes, clapping. Right, right, That's right. going to help a little bit. Well, I think that if we talk about how we have used it and the reasons we like it, maybe it's less infomercially. We'll find out. <laughs> Let's just blaze right on ahead. What we're yeah. talking about is a cleaner, a heavy-duty cleaner slash degreaser mm-hmm. called Spray 9. Yes. We talked about it. Last week. We referenced it very, very quickly. Yeah, we just said there was a cleaner that we sell. Right. We were talking about all kinds of uh, bacteria that you find in your kitchen. Right. E. coli, Mm -hmm. all kinds of things. Things that you don't want. Things that your food leaves behind. All the things that make me squeamish. Things that Betsy's kitchen most likely doesn't have. (laughs) Things that are probably rampant in mine. Uh Because I wasn't aware of all of these things. Right. Anyway, we mentioned Spray 9 is a cleaner that will kill... Most of those really bad, yucky things. Oh, yeah. And what we really think, I mean, right away to lead with, that Mm -hmm. makes it so interesting to me, is that Spray 9 will kill all of those things, Mm -hmm. but it will do so in 45 seconds or less, under a minute. Yeah, because most cleaners, like all those Clorox wipes and uh, all the spray cleaners that you see, you have to leave it on there. If you actually read the directions, you have to leave it wet for 10 minutes. And to me, sometimes that means that you have to reapply whatever in order to keep it wet for 10 minutes. And who's got 10 minutes to wait? So in under 45 seconds, I could be killing the H1N1 virus. I could be killing the influenza A and influenza A2 viruses, salmonella, E. E. coli, hepatitis B and C, MRSA, all kinds of viruses wow. I could kill in less than a minute. Wow. I know. Wasn't that impressive? <laughs> it is. You <laughs> those listed are the all those things I like to kill because I do not want to be around them. All of it in that short amount of time. Yeah. And that's just one aspect of what this cleaner is good for. So it can right. be used in those industries, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the medical profession, in places like that. 
Yeah. It's also used in like industrial cleaning, you know, professional oh, yeah. cleaning mm-hmm. companies who go through and clean, <laughs> you know, right? the toilets and bathrooms and things like that. Uh-huh. Again, a perfect cleaner for that. But it's good for everybody. That's the infomercially part. Ah, that felt like an infomercial. Yeah, but it is true. I mean, it there is are so true, many but uses. I wish I could have said it a different way. Well, and originally they were using it to clean like the white walls of tires back when they first came out with it. That's what they were using it yeah, for. Yeah, they created it in 1956. Yeah. Yep. And it was the first cleaner where they put everything in a spray bottle. Yeah. Right before then, you would mix yeah, all your cleaners right, and stuff right. and how you got got uh-huh. it in a, cl- in a spray bottle all in one ready to go. Right. And that was a big hit. Mm-hmm. And I think by 1968, they added a disinfectant to it. Right. And yes, originally it was for cleaning cars and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's made to really cut through all the road grime and stuff on the yeah. white wall tires, mm-hmm. you know, so that that looks white and shiny. Right. And perfect. And it was such a hit. Yeah. In fact, it reminds me a lot of WD-40 in a sense. Made for yeah, one purpose, right. a very specific yep. need, and then it becomes, it, it, people realize how handy it is in so many mm-hmm. different situations, Right. and it gets used everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, Spray 9 is not as well known as WD-40, right. and that's why we're talking about it now, because if you start using it you know, in the home or things mm-hmm. like that, we know you're going to find just a million uses for it. Well, you can use it for all those industrial things like you were talking about, you know, in hospitals and schools and things like that. But it is great for the home because you can use it in your kitchen, like we said, to kill those viruses. Kill those viruses, but also to degrease. Yeah, you know, remove degrees. grease and yuck from the like oven, from the stove. I'm thinking my stove gets really greasy. Mm-hmm. You use it for that. I like to tell people to use it when they're about to repaint some cabinets. I like to tell them to use this, especially right around the stove where all that grease tends to collect. This will cut through that and leave that surface really nice for you to paint. It helps with the scuff marks if you don't have scuff X. This is great at getting scuff marks off your walls where kids kick their shoes and hit the wall. Right. So you've got a lot of home applications. The bathroom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Introduce Spray 9 to your toilet. <laughs> Introduce your toilet, toilet to Spray 9. Spray 9. <laughs> yeah. No, really. I've been, I brought some home in anticipation of this segment because uh-huh. we've used it here yeah. in the studio right. and stuff, but I you know, brought it home. And went to town on the oven, on the stove, mm-hmm. the bathroom, things like that. That's all great. The big thing that really swayed us about mm-hmm. Spray 9 was when we used it on our grill for yeah. some of the cookouts that we had done a couple years ago or so. Yeah. I remember tackling this grill that had never been cleaned or only cleaned once. And it yeah, was because just... how many people really clean their grill? But, you know, at some point you look at it and you go, oh. The grease has accumulated down in that bottom area, and we tried and tried to get it out. With other cleaners, other degreasers, and it cut through so much faster. Yeah. So perfect for that. You can kill mold and mildew on your siding, remove Mm -hmm. it. If you leave it on, I think it's up to three minutes or so before rinsing it off, Mm -hmm. it will actually... Uh, make it harder, inhibit right. the growth of new mold and mildew. Right. And what's really interesting about it is a lot of the times you can spray it on dirty siding and it just goes to work and starts to rinse mm-hmm. it off without even having to scrub it. Now, we right. always recommend scrubbing of it, course, yeah. but it's really you know, fun to see it start to mm-hmm. eat through stuff right away and get the dirt dripping right off the side. Right. And it comes in a spray bottle and a gallon. So you can buy a gallon of it and do like you were talking about your house, or you can put it in a different spray bottle. I love mm-hmm. buying the gallon and then using one of those wallpaper pump-up sprayers that we've talked about because I'm Talk not about lie. them again because not everybody knows. Those are super cool and that was a really good idea. Yeah. It's a small, well, it's about a quart size. So it's about the same size as your normal spray bottle. It's like a spray material. bottle on 
steroids. It's yes, a little bit big. Well, it's like one of those garden sprayers where you pump it up not and as big then as that, you pull though. the trigger. Not nearly as big. Doesn't like have said, a hose and all of that. Right. But you put the product in there, you pump it up, and then you just pull the trigger and it sprays for you. It saves your hand because, not going to lie, my hand gets very tired with a normal spray bottle. Yeah, that's <laughs> that spray bottle thing is a really good hack. I love that. For a thing. lot of different things. I cannot recommend those enough. For the price. Yeah, they're oh not, my goodness. not expensive. There's no. not a lot that goes wrong with them. They and you last just and last. refill. It's cheaper to buy a gallon of product than it is four of the regular spray bottles. So why mm-hmm. not buy one thing that you can continually use? Yeah, so Spray Nine, it's got a ton of different uses industrial mm-hmm. cleaning, commercial cleaning, cutting through grease on machinery, engines, yeah. cleaning tires, cleaning bug splatter off of your car. Yeah. So if you've driven through any of the the locust-plagued areas around our world right now. Right. You can clean all the guts off pretty easily. Yeah. What else? RVs, campers. It'll even clean off bird droppings and things from our Mm -hmm. summer furniture when we eventually get that outside. I'm waiting for them to come out and say it kills the new virus, that coronavirus that, you know, runs rampant everywhere. Yeah. We don't know. We can't we make that claim. We yet. don't know. We're yet, not scientists per se. No, but we should recommend it to. We'll recommend it to the World Health Organization. Yeah, I've got a direct link to there. We have Spray Nine. My Try e- it. Yeah, my emails <laughs> go straight to their garbage. So right. Anyway, Spray Nine. I know that feels infomercially. Maybe uh, it doesn't to other no, people. No, I think though. it probably Maybe does. Maybe it's just in your brain. But the thing is. It's a good product. It's, it is. It's not expensive. We've got it at all of our stores. Yep. Or any Repcolite in Port City Paints. Give it a try. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got a feeling, it, it, like Betsy said, if nothing else, it's great for paint prep yeah. when you're getting ready for that next project. And it can even remove the wallpaper paste residue yes. if you've happened to strip wallpaper recently. Because you yes. never want to just put paint no. over top of a freshly stripped wallpaper you will wall. end up with a mess. <laughs> no, you've got to make sure you've cleaned all that residue off. Right. Spray 9 is one way you could do that. Right. And before we go on to the next segment, I want to go back to something that happened in the course of this one where Betsy wondered if Spray 9 would be effective against the new coronavirus. Well, according to Spray 9's own website, it is. The CDC recommends using EPA-registered and hospital-grade disinfectants to fight the novel 2019 coronavirus, and Spray 9 is both of those things. So it definitely will work. It kills viruses in about 30 seconds, so very handy, and it's got a great smell. We've got it at any Repcolite or Port City paint store. You can pick it up there. You can order it online. All right, time for some commercials, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about painting oak cabinets, and if you've ever done that, every now and then, you can get this brown staining that bleeds through. We're going to talk about what that is and how you can avoid it the next time you tackle the project. That's all next. Don't go anywhere. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, one of the most perennial topics, whenever we go anywhere and people are around, mm-hmm. they come up and ask, invariably, the conversation is going to get to mm-hmm. kitchen cabinets and how yeah. to do that project. And what's really fun, or mm-hmm. no, not fun, what's really surprising about mm-hmm. that whole thing is that the lead question is usually, can I paint my kitchen cabinets? Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times we talk about it. There are still questions. And, you know, to be honest, we are constantly learning things. You know, Mm -hmm. people say, oh, well, I came up with this little issue that I had. And so it makes us rethink. And then, you know, we add 
little details into our conversations with people after that. Right. Because, to try oh, to... somebody, you know, ran into this problem that we never thought of. So now we'll throw that into everybody when we talk to them. And it is really fun. That's one of my favorite things about working for Repcolite, the small company that it is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we've got nine stores. We're going to be opening a new yep. one in Byron Center coming up in May. Yep. May, June, somewhere in there. Yeah. You never know exactly how <laughs> things will play out. But yeah. that's the plan now. But with all those stores, we're still a small company and... We do a lot of communication back mm-hmm. and forth, and you do run into all the different things that that people run into on a project. Right. Because while most of the time a paint project is predictable, mm-hmm. most of the time, yeah, there's usually something you know that will crop up every week. There's something yeah. new that yeah. comes up that adds just one more little layer. Mm-hmm. Now most people won't run into that little thing, right? But it's really fun to know that it's there and that it's possible, and that if you see something. You can address it. Right. And one of the things that we have run into, and we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but we've kind of dug into it a little more and got a little better handle on it, is the tannin staining when it comes to painting your oak cabinets. Yeah. You know, people, when they go to sand their cabinets, they think that they, this is the common misconception, and this is why I think people don't necessarily think that they want to or can tackle this project, because mm-hmm. they are under this misconception that they have to take all of the polyurethane off of there. They have to sand and sand, and they're going to be there for weeks sanding all of this polyurethane off of their kitchen cabinets. Well, a lot of the times with the older paint technology, going back years, mm-hmm. you wanted to have a bare wood surface. It right. just, you know, it just seemed like you had a better foundation right. for what you were building. And so I think we still operate with some of those thoughts mm-hmm. in our heads. Right. And there's a, a little bit of an issue that we run into with that, especially with oak cabinets. Oak mm-hmm. is full of tannins. Yeah. And the varnish or the lacquer or whatever is yeah. on your cabinet doors now, in most cases, seals that in. Yeah, that is acting kind of as your stain blocker of sorts. Mm-hmm. So if you really go to town sanding, you're going to cut right through that and you're going to allow those tannins to actually come through whatever that clear coat is on there. Right. And if you put a water-based primer on there, which mm-hmm. normally that's what we're recommending. Yeah. Because we've got one that we really love to recommend. It's mm-hmm. Sticks from Benjamin Moore. It's a waterborne primer. It's a bonding primer. Yes. Sticks to everything. Absolutely. I mean, the name makes perfect sense on this (laughs) one. We have, to demonstrate it, we painted it on a glazed tile, a shiny, glossy ceramic tile with no prep work, rolled half of the tile with sticks, and you have a hard time scraping it off. That's just not how paint normally functions. If you put normal paint on a surface like that, it's going to peel off no matter how long it's been there. It's going to peel off very easily. Sticks doesn't. It really bonds. So if you do a light sanding on your your cabinet doors, mm-hmm. Sticks is a tremendous insurance policy that, you know, preventing chipping and peeling down the road. But right. it is water-based, and there are times where those tannin stains can bleed through a little bit, especially if you've been a little overzealous with your sanding. Right. Or sometimes it's not that at all. It's just the oak graining is so porous and mm-hmm. so open that I, I got a feeling that the, the varnish just was unable to seal it up entirely right. in that open grain, and then it bleeds through. So yeah. the, the big thing about all of this is just to understand that there's a really good solution and a really good way forward. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to walk you through. So first off, if you're doing cabinet doors, mm-hmm. first step is always going to be what? Clean them. Clean them. And we've got to- Really, a, really, really well. Really, really well. And there's a great cleaner that I think is the way to go. Normally, we would recommend TSP, trisodium phosphate. It's very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. It's a powder, a granule. Works great. It's a degreaser. 
We got a better one. TSP works really well just for the normal dirt and grime that you get. Spray 9 is a really heavy-duty cleaner and degreaser, and especially around your stove and places where grease tends to collect, that's really where you want to be using it because TSP, in my experience, just doesn't quite cut through it as well as you need it to. Well, the thing I like about the Spray 9 is that it's so versatile and it can be used everywhere else. Right. You know, for any cleaning... Any degreasing, it, it'll kill all kinds of bacteria. Mm-hmm. It's ideal. The whole point is clean them really well, rinse mm-hmm. them well, yep. and then we recommend when they're dry doing a scuff sanding. Yes. And this is what we were talking about earlier. This is not a scuff sanding where you take it down to bare wood. Right. You're not trying to cut through the varnish. That is not that is not scuff sanding. That is regular sanding. That, right. <laughs> scuff sanding is taking a 180 to a 220 grit sandpaper uh-huh. And just dusting over the boards lightly right. to dull that finish down. You know, one thing that works really well, we have a lot of people that will point out, you know, if we've got a sample door mm-hmm. in front of them or something, they'll point out all the, the mill work, all the mm-hmm. detail. Yeah. And how do I get my sandpaper into that? Mm-hmm. And there are any number of options. There are sanding sponges yep. that will be moldable, shapeable. Some mm-hmm. of them are chiseled to points. Those right. are all great. But another thing that works really well is to just take your regular sheet of sandpaper and cover the back of it with duct tape. Mm-hmm. And what you get then is something that's not going to rip and tear no matter how you bend it, mm-hmm. no matter how you mold it into the little crevices and the little lines. Because if right. you've ever done that with a regular sheet of paper, it's not long before it's ripping on itself and right. crumbling apart. Yeah. And it's a real pain in the neck. It won't do it if you Mm -hmm. put the duct tape on. So there you go. There's a free little tip for you. Right. So once you've done the sanding, make sure that you get all of the sanding dust off of there with just a damp rag. Let all that dry. And then use that Styx primer to prime all of your cabinets. Right. It's from Insolex. It's a Benjamin Moore-owned company. And like we said, it's a bonding primer. It's water-based. It goes on really well. It dries relatively quickly. And there's no odor. Right. The big thing that you want to do is before you move on to the final step and start rolling your finish paint on, let those cabinet doors dry Mm -hmm. with the sticks primer on them and then really give them a good once over in good lighting. And what you're looking for are brown stains that could be bleeding through in small areas. Right. Most of the time, you're not going to see anything. You're going to be fine and you Mm -hmm. can do a light sanding, get the dust off and go to your finish paint. But every now and then, you might find, especially in the heavier grain, mm-hmm. that you see some brown spots, and that's where the tannin stains are bleeding through that water-based sticks. Right. To continue over top of that with regular paint, with water-based paint, is going to be a problem, and they likely will bleed through each layer. Right. So you're going to want to block those all in, and that's where you would use bin, which is a white pigmented shellac. Yeah, you just put that on those areas where you're seeing this little bit of spotting, and that will seal it all in for you so that you don't have to worry. And again, you can go over that with whatever paint you were planning to use originally. Right, and we've got all kinds of different finished paints you could use. Just stop out at the store, and we'll walk you through the the pros and cons of, I don't know that there's many cons, but the pros of each different yeah. one, you know, and you can decide what's best for you. There's yep. Advance from Benjamin Moore, Scuff X, mm-hmm. Repcolite makes Hallmark, all right. kinds of different options. Cabinet Coat from Inselex, mm-hmm. we've got all of them there. The big thing is to do the prep work and make sure that you check for that tan and staining before you move on to your finish paint. Right. Now, if you have any questions about any of this, as always, just stop out at any Repcolite or Port City paint store, give us a call, whatever you need to do. We'll help you get the answers.
And that's going to do it. If you'd like to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. There's a whole bunch of other ones there that you can listen to. And there's all kinds of other fun stuff you can do. You can check out our online store, place an order, pick it up in-store. You can pick it up curbside. We're not getting rid of curbside pickup. It's not just a Corona thing. You can order online. You can call in your order and just tell them you want curbside pickup. Then you just pull in, give the store a call, and they'll bring the boxes or whatever it is out to your car, load it up for you, and you're on your way. Whatever you do today, make sure you have a great day and make sure paint's a part of it. Repco Light and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, ready to help. I'm Dan Hansen. Thanks for listening.